Welcome to In Season, where we explore the farms, gardens, and wild spaces of the Lower Columbia Pacific region. I'm Teresa Retzloff, and I am so happy to be sitting in the glorious, sunny front room of Jessica Schleif. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Jessica. Happy New Year. Happy New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's Eve. It is New Year's Eve. We're turning 2021 into 2022. It's a lot of 20s. It's a lot of 20s. And um, we are, it, the sun feels glorious after this very, very cold end of the year that we've had. Um, quite a snow dump. Amazing cold snap and um, lots of snow for us around here. That was a lot. I mean, I'm just trying to think back over the last sort of almost 20 years that I've lived here, and that felt like one of the more significant snowfalls I've been through. Yeah, hanging around a little bit longer than I've seen. Yeah. Um, some, some actual accumulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, snowmen. Yep. There were a lot of snowmen, and it was it was cold it was too. Really I mean, cold. it was really cold. I was grateful for the snow when we were having those super low temps, and I I think maybe tonight we're supposed to have another. Um, although the day that this is airing, this will be passed, so don't just ignore what I just yeah. said. <laughs> but I definitely we've had some pretty low temperatures, but the snow can help insulate plants. Exactly. So it was exactly. a blessing to yeah. have that snow cover while we were going through that really cold snap. It's like a little, a little cold white blankie for them. Yeah, I know, I know. When it gets that cold, a lot of things are not used to that here and can respond poorly. Um, what do you, what do you advise? <laughs> What do you well, advise? Well, I what would say, you do? Well, what I will say is that I just kept looking at that weather report. And there was uh, the gardener and me started to want to develop some anxiety and panic a little bit. Um, but I kind of just decided, let's be curious about this. Um, I know in some of the gardens, I had already brought in echeverias and tender succulents things like that and kind of put them to bed in the garage so had done some pre-work for the cold weather um doing a little bit of mulching with some of the things that are more tender like the melianthus major or some of the things that i'm just kind of pushing zones in the garden but at some point when i really started seeing how that weather report was lining up i just had to kind of let it go mm -hmm. i was like okay i'm just gonna be curious on the other side and pick up the soldiers that went down. <laughs> so how, how, I mean, I think what's so hard is when something like that happens, you know, we're, we're so freaked out and yeah. then like, oh, did all my plants die? How can yeah. I tell? And this we're time not going to know yet. Everything looks dead anyway. Yeah. So we're not going to know yet. And it'll take a while. It will take a while. Some of the things that in, I mean, honestly, when I first moved to Astoria in the late nineties, Lots of the things that I grew, like fuchsias or, you know, tender perennials, um, would completely die back to the ground. I've had multiple seasons now in gardens where pineapple sages make it all the way through the winter and fuchsias don't die to the ground. Maybe they die back four or five inches from the outer drip line. But, you know, we can make choices about the pruning when we see where they've died back to, but there might be some, you know, there might be some plants that are coming back up from the ground. 
-hmm. But we're not going to know that yet. So just leave things alone. Let it be. And I know today seeing the sun and having it warm up just a tiny bit, I found myself puttering around in one of my plant beds thinking, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to move some of this mulch and look at things and then, you know, kind of caught myself and, and thought, let's just leave these things alone. The thing that you and I have been preaching for some years now about not too much of a cleanup. Um, I think a lot of things are probably going to make it through. And we won't know. We won't know. Until probably for a couple of months. I have to remind myself, winter just started. Yes. It's so strange. We could still do this again. It feels really wintry, you know, in October, November, but winter doesn't start until winter solstice, which just passed. And so we are now at the very beginning. This is early winter, and there could be a lot of bad weather or or challenging weather um, ahead of us. And so I think your wait and see thing is, is really wise. We just don't know. There's a chance. You may have some things that have some frost damage mm-hmm. on the outer edges. And that's another reason to leave stuff. Because if we get more of that frost, those outer edges are what's going to absorb the cold and maybe protect the core of the plant. Exactly. And this is just um, reminiscent of the heat event this summer where we were talking about just leave the shrubs alone. Don't remove the foliage till later in the season. Um, Look and see where growth is regenerating, but leave that outer, now we're talking about um, frost damage. During the summer, we were talking about heat damage. It's interesting to have such a spectrum in one year to go from you know, there were places that were having, you know, 108, 110 degrees out here in June mm-hmm. to, you know, the very low 20s and teens Yeah. in December. That's quite a, quite a swing. Yeah, and I think many of us uh, are trying out some different plant material or have been trying out some different plant material, pushing the zones a tiny bit, looking at California, like Northern California natives, things like that. Um, Plants are pretty resilient. And I think that we might be surprised at how few losses that we have, especially since we did have that snow insulation but we'll see mm-hmm. because we don't know what's there will coming be discoveries the corner. <laughs> and yeah it's just staying present with the garden what a beautiful time seeing that snow melt watching all these little bird friends just flock back in in groups to check out what's under the snow and and have some water and it's been really beautiful. It's been beautiful to see. And I know it's been a struggle and it was very, very harsh. Cold. We had a, a, a young deer die on our, like right by our front porch oh, Teresa, from the cold. So it was really sad. Oh. I know they were really struggling, the deer. Um, I think especially th- there was a late crop of young deer this year. And right. um, I think they just didn't have enough body mass to make it through and there wasn't food. So, I mean, there's, there's like, you know, there's a, there's a terrible beauty in winter and the cold. And I think nature reminds us too that, you know, there's a lot of death out there too. And sometimes the death are animals or birds or things. And sometimes the death are our plants. And sometimes those are plants we might really love. But I also look at it like if something that you love in your garden, or maybe you 
don't have strong feelings about it, but it dies. It's also an opportunity. It's like, yeah. now you've got an open space yeah. in your garden. What are you going to put I in there? I was literally <laughs> going through gardens in my head before it started really freezing and snowing, thinking about just tender plants mm -hmm. and thinking, what if that plant was gone? And trying not to go forward, but thinking, I might have a spot there. I might have a spot there. And, you know, I will say from the coziness of my home, having a fire and having my fur friends, definitely thinking about not just plant friends and animal friends, but human friends too that maybe are having um, housing insecurity, having uh, heat that doesn't work very well. And just yeah. kind of sitting with that. It was a lot to think about, and it made me very aware of how vulnerable we can be, mm -hmm. and how vulnerable creatures are, all creatures, and um, feeling a lot of gratitude for the safety that I do have. Exactly. I also um, want to I want to give a shout out to the Astoria Warming Center. Oh yeah, and this... and thank them for their service and encourage our community to support them. Yeah. And that is... And whatever shelters there are in any other communities exactly. along the coast. I know that many coastal communities have some variation on that and try to help protect vulnerable members of the community. And please support them if you can, because it is something to be aware of this time of year. This has been a really harsh mm -hmm. beginning to winter, and it, it's a lot to think about. And, yeah. uh, and this is a good time of year to, to stop and reflect. I think the end of the old year and the beginning of the new is often a time where we take stock and think about things and, you know, look around us, look at our gardens, look at our farms, look at and make plans. Mm -hmm. I know for most of the farmers, this is a big planning time of year. Yes. Yeah. You know, we're all drawing up maps of our farms and figuring out what's going to go where and and looking at ordering seeds. And that's another big thing to be thinking about this year. If you like to grow things from seed. This is the time when all those seed catalogs are that coming go, through your How's mail. that going this year? I've done very little. I did some bulb ordering, and I know that that was very delayed in my own bulb order and also clients' bulb orders. So uh, the, the time that I had before that cold snap was kind of running around <laughs> planting thousands of bulbs that had suddenly arrived. It's been the, the whole... Um, the combination of, of just a, a massive increase in of interest in gardening and farming that happened during um, 2020, during that real strong, like first COVID year, has increased I mean, and has, has consistently um, stayed with us through 2021. And um, there was a much higher demand on seed companies. I think they were able to regroup and respond better in mm -hmm. 2021. And so there weren't the same amount of shortages and um, things selling out so quickly that you saw in 2020, but there it's still hard. I mean, and there's still some things that sell out. There's still challenges, and then you combine that with you know supply chain issues. If this is seed that's coming from overseas, you know, depending on where the seed is being sourced, you know, depending on how it's being shipped across country, there's all kinds of reasons why it might be harder to get a hold of some of the seed that you really like to grow this year. So be mindful, be thoughtful, try and get your orders in early. And but then know everyone's trying to get their orders in early. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And I mean, that is a 
the catalogs are great for exploring and thinking about things that we want to introduce and maybe new plant friends. Still also, and also, you know, I know I saved a lot of seed during the summer and I know a lot of other people that have saved a lot of seed during the summer and COVID hasn't really been a great time for it. But thinking about swapping seeds with people, you mm -hmm. know, I have a lot of um, my favorite annuals that I collect seed from every year and kind of pass out to people that Absolutely. I know. It's a great thing to do. And even if you, you, you like to purchase your seed, if you haven't saved it, a lot of times a packet of seed is way more than you might need mm -hmm. in for your garden this year. And so that can be a great way to reach out to people in your neighborhood or friends or gardeners you might know. Um, you know, put it on your social media and just say, I've got some seeds to swap. Does anyone want to exchange? And, you know, here's what I've got. That can be a great way to spread the seeds around and make it easier for people who maybe didn't get their seed order in right or maybe just want to try a little something. Mm -hmm. And and oftentimes this will be coming from gardeners, especially if it's seed that you've saved. You know, people that maybe these might be plants that do well in this area. Exactly. So it can be a great way to be introduced to some new plants. I love, I mean, I, I do order a lot of seed every year for my farm, but I find that one of the things I love the most about all the seed catalogs is how much I learn from them. It's the information. Um, and just the stories about plants, mm -hmm. you know, where they like to grow, maybe where they're from, the history of them. It, it's just fabulous. And we have so many great seed companies here in the Pacific Northwest that are all carrying seed that's appropriate for this region. Often it's grown in this region by small farms. And, and if you're a new gardener, that is, such a, yeah. that is such an important bit of information. Absolutely. With your reading, your educating yourself, your seed and plant selections that yeah. we live in a very specific maritime Northwest climate. And gosh, if you can get resources mm -hmm. that are specified to that, it really I mean, helps the learning curve. A lot of those companies also sell nationally, and so they're they're carrying things that'll do well in other places. But you find that mostly, they're I mean, a lot of the plants that they're growing and selling will do well in this area. And I, I just want to call out some like Territorial is mm -hmm. just a classic. It's been around for so long, um, based here in Oregon. Um, also in Oregon, um, there's a wonderful company called Adaptive Seeds down mm -hmm. in Sweet Home. They great selection of annuals, perennials, a lot of edible stuff, but herbs and flowers as well. Uprising seeds. I, I was thinking They're uprising. So I love good. their sweet little catalog. They're up in, um, oh, near Bellingham, yeah, Washington, Washington, up in that area. So still in this region, in this climate, really great selection. Um, Siskiyou seeds, mm -hmm. they're based down in Southern Oregon, but again, lots of great Pacific Northwest. Some amazing herbs with Siskiyou, mm -hmm. yeah. And there are, there are so many more. I mean, those are just like some highlights of ones. I mean, there's sort of classic national seed companies like Baker Creek Heirloom Seeds, and that's an amazing catalog to get just for the stories of all the plants and the, and the photography, I know. <laughs> also Seed Savers Exchange, um, they're based in Iowa, I believe, and they're a big seed, seed stewardship company. They really specialize in heirloom varieties. Also a very beautiful catalog. Yeah. Um, not everything is gonna grow great here, but there's still lots of good varieties and you just kind of have to be careful when you're looking at things. And That's, I mean, as a farmer, I can't really imagine just as a, normal human gardener it is so hard to control yourself sometimes especially when you're sitting around on those cold evenings 
you start just checking or highlighting so many plants <laughs> really look at the zones yeah look at the zones and then if you're if you're looking at i, I mean even for ornamental annuals um, look at the descriptions too Sometimes yeah are they can... hardy are they tender and if they're are and they... if they're edible crops days to maturity yeah you know is yeah. it like over a hundred days to maturity be really careful about that one yeah um, is it a tomato that's like mammoth, huge? It's probably not going to ripen. You know, so either you have to really love eating green tomatoes or look for something smaller, easier to ripen. Sure. And if you're looking at annual flower seeds or perennial flowering plants, really pay attention to the descriptions. Often when things are going to be a little thuggish or kind of bullies, it's hidden mm -hmm. in that description. It's like self sows freely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Be cautious of those. I mean, I there's I have to be really careful, and I trial plants, especially before I grow them to sell as a plant start, mm -hmm. because I don't want to be the vector for the exactly. next terrible introduction of invasive plant in this area. So those are all things to look out for. You know, another catalog I really love is One Green World. Yes. Yes, They're another based the in Oregon. Trees and... Oh, fruits and um, they don't really do seed. It's it's plants, but it's amazing selection of fruit trees and shrubs. Some things that and I've, perennials. Yeah, akebias that oh. I've gotten there that I thought would never fruit, and then having this akebia fruit happening the last three or four seasons. That is a, a yeah. They are a really great catalog. I I highly recommend them. And again, very educational. Mm -hmm. And it's fascinating to look at all of these different beautiful shrubs and trees that also produce edible fruits, which and is again, super cool. Yeah, history, maybe what year that was introduced to what area, uh, fun history things, fun knowledge in those, oftentimes free catalogs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good to like go around and look. And I think just, you know, if you want to be a little bit more curious, maybe do some Googling. There's a lot of smaller seed companies out there, a lot of new seed companies. So I'm, I'm only mentioning a very small highlight. Mm -hmm. And there's certainly many regionally, nationally. There's some other great, you know, Johnny's Selected Seeds is a huge seed company based in Maine that a lot of farmers shop from. I will say, if especially if you want to grow edible plants or you know, really anything, Johnny's catalog is great for just the information it, it, in it. I have, I have. The growing yes. information. I mean, it's, it's almost like a little a, I've gardening I've copied book. pages mm -hmm. out of it. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you learn a lot from their catalog. Um, I think Territorial is pretty good with that too, but, but Johnny's is just a, a great one for just information. And their website is also great too for a lot of good growing information. A lot of it's geared more towards farmers, but you can kind of extrapolate Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes you can use those catalogs to kind of research and then think about how mm -hmm. you're spending your seed dollars and if you want to keep them a little bit closer to home. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of options out there. And like I said, this is such a great time of year to just sit and contemplate and think about how what you're going to do this year. I Draw some plans, make some notes. Maybe think about what went well last year. I mean, this is it's it's kind of newly over, like the end of last season. So, if you haven't reflected on what went well and maybe what didn't, write some notes, intentions mm -hmm. for what what that garden of yours is 
representing for you what you want from it what you want to give back to it yeah I mean did it take too much of your time this year or did you wish you had more time is there ways to strategize making it easier for yourself um mulching practices putting sections of your garden into cover crop or maybe just having a whole beds that are alyssum or some sort of pollinator plant you do not have to plant every bit of your vegetable garden in vegetables absolutely and it can change every year too i mean i think it's also good this might be a year maybe the last couple of years have been so exhausting and you just need to take a sabbatical from your garden Mm -hmm. and you know just plant a real minimal garden you know plant a lot of pollinator plants or buck so buckwheat in the spring and let it feed your soil and take a break like like us our plant beds our soil needs rest also (laughs) it does and i i've been thinking about that a lot there was a lot of beds that i let be fallow on my farm this year and didn't plant in them some of them got cover crop on them some of them just got tarped i needed to just kind of step away from a lot of things and it was hard doesn't sabbatical sound so much better than fallow? <laughs> it, it does. It does. I mean, it's a different, it's a, I mean, it's a similar concept, but just taking some time away. Yeah. Um, but maybe this is a year where you really want to step it up and, you know, do more gardening. Maybe you want to join a community garden and take on a bet there. It's been really fun at the community garden watching what people have put in for the winter and who's just kind of mulching and for myself getting to see little garlic sprouts coming up and, you know, some of the things that I put in late in the season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you don't live, if you live in an apartment or, you know, maybe in a very, very shady garden and you want a little bit more sunshine, reach out to, you know, local community garden association and see if there's a bed available and maybe that's where you can get your fix for some Mm. some sunny sun loving plants or edibles that could be a great way to do that too there's lots of options out there and this is just a great time of year to be contemplative and plan don't go out and dig up a bunch of stuff and cut things down (laughs) yeah also a great time of year to bring little bits of nature inside i know i found some snowdrops in my neighborhood the other day and gleaned just a little handful of snowdrops and bringing in some starting to think about bringing in branches to force for blossoms inside what are ones that you like to force Uh, the witch hazel even though it's going to be coming on here in one second i enjoy bringing it inside Um, we're moving into the time where we can bring fruit tree cuttings um, apples or pears or um, cherry blossoms, forsythia. Do you do anything? What do you do to the branches when you bring them in? I bring them in. I recut them. If they're a real thick branch, I might um, take a hammer or or some such thing uh, on a chopping board and give them a little chink, 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 chink kind of loosen it up so that they can take the water up you can also cut into the middle of them so that it has a little extra and that's just to increase the water the ability for the branch to draw water exactly the transportation of the water up um and then they just and then they just do it's so their pretty thing it's so pretty and it's a really i find that bringing those bits of nature inside little bits of lichen that have wind fall down or 
it feels so nice and lets me remember we're, we're going there and the season is part of all the seasons and and there's joy in this season too even though we can't get out there and get our hands as dirty as we want <laughs> you can still get plenty dirty this time yeah. of year. it's a good time to take walks too yeah. you know to go out and explore some trails on a, on a reasonably decent day wear good shoes it's gonna be muddy out there but you know explore some of the beautiful trails at some of our state parks and national parks just walk along the beach, be outside. There's lots of opportunities to be outside that don't have to be working in your garden, mm -hmm. but still keep you connected and aware of the season. It's moss and lichen season right now out there <laughs> in the forest. It is just amazing. And it's beautiful. It it's is. such a beautiful time of year. It yeah. really is. I just, I love growing up for myself. I didn't live someplace that had such strong, different seasons. It was often more like all one season. Mm -hmm. And so these changes of seasons, winter with its starkness and the bare branches and the coldness and even the gray, there's something very beautiful about it mm -hmm. to me because I know I'm going to be so excited when I start to see those green shoots and the leaves start to peek out on their trees. So there's something, even though it's a bit bleak, I tell you what, though, we have been just back and forth between this gray and bleak and sleet and then rainbow, rainbow. So a lot of rainbows this year. <laughs> I, w I was like, is it the rainbow season? That's what I'm going to start calling winter, the rainbow season. <laughs> it has really felt like it. I, yeah, I don't think I've seen this many no, rainbows. No, just magical. I have so many photos on my phone right now of rainbows. <laughs> well, they and they've just been so impressive, little tiny ones and huge Doubles, doubles, triples. Oh, you saw a triple. I saw a triple. It was pretty light on Whoa. that. <laughs> That's amazing. It's, I, you know, it's kind of cool. It's beautiful. You know, it does mean that rain's coming. So, <laughs> you know, there's a mixed blessing with it. But you know, all of those things are just part of, yeah, enjoying this downtime. Anything that kind of keeps you engaged with nature, but also allows both you and your garden to rest. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Rest and regroup, keep stretching, stay fit. I know I'm, there I'm, I'm there trying to... Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah, I'm stretching. If you're talking about um, <laughs> in, intentions and resolutions for the year, it's like I'm stretching more regularly so that when I do get back outside, um, it's... And those can yeah. be small stretches. Mm -hmm. Those can be breathing and really five or ten minutes of stretching. Yeah. I find myself doing a lot more of that recently, like... Have my morning time stretch, but during the day, just little bits of taking in the breath. It's good to stay limber. Ground into the earth. <laughs> just because you know that spring's going to come around. And if you go from being very, very sedentary in the winter to just immediately trying to kick into full gear, it's going to be really hard on your body. So try and stay, stay active this winter. And... Um, yeah, rain gear, rain gear. I've been doing so much rain gear walking. I've had some really amazing um, and tough walking partners recently where we're like, okay, let's do it. We're going to do it and just get on the rain gear. And, you know, I've been out in some things recently where I was like, should I be out in this? But felt so brilliant when I came back home. It's very exhilarating. Yeah. There's so much to savor in winter and... Um... I just really encourage everyone to, to get as much out of this season as we can. I think so often we just complain about winter and talk about how terrible it is, terrible the weather and is. Think and think we can't get out. And yeah, it's like get outside, enjoy it, enjoy being inside and cozy 
when you can, I just savor it because it's going to be gone fast. Mm-hmm. And before I mean, you know we're on it, the uptick already. We we are having more light. Ugh, the longer days, I already feel them, and it feels same, so good. Same solstice was a big old celebration around here. I was like, <laughs> it's happening already. <laughs> we finally made it, and you know the 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 year is turning, and um, it's it's lovely to savor these moments, these quiet moments in the winter, and uh, appreciate all that we have, and I appreciate you making the time to talk oh tt i appreciate you coming over and this is good hanging out with me and the beautiful sunshine we've got a cat it's probably gonna be on the table i have to say the day this is airing it's probably gonna be pouring down rain so just ignore our sunshine talk exactly we're we're pre-recording this and uh, i hope everyone out there is is staying warm and safe and cozy and enjoying this beautiful winter and i wish everyone a very happy new year happy new year and happy thinking about gardening and happy gardening and remember that we are all part of nature all part of it